Hey, everybody. Melissa McKenzie, publisher of The American Spectator, along with Scott McKay, editor of The American Spectator, and at The Hayride, and at Reviver.com. I've got um, her trained so well. It's amazing. He's also a prolific Good author. for you, Melissa. You killed it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. And with that, we're finished. Um, and on a high note. Um, <laughs> that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get. Uh, anyway, so I thought it'd be fun to start with talking with all of you this week and with Scott about um, the debacle of the Pride event at the uh, White House today, which was kind of perfect because a trans, I don't know if he was just transvestite, transsexual, what he's doing, but a man with boobs uh, bared them on the White House lawn at the Pride right. event. And he, right. according to his um, TikTok today, I guess, was just living his truth, Scott. <laughs> and, and the thing is, I think that's a perfect response because who is Joe Biden? to judge that the behavior of this fine upstanding transsexual person. Who does well, he think look, he is denying I mean, someone's truth? Once you bring Dylan Mulvaney to the White House and pump up his career, mm -hmm. all bets are off at that point. And so when you stage um, pride events, and you put the queer flag front and center in the middle of the uh, the three flag uh, thing at the White House, um, which I got to tell you, and I, I can't remember if it was a, a one of the scenes from um, the man in the high castle um, where they had like the Nazi flag in the middle flanked by the two American flags. Yeah, yeah. It was it was one of them, what you know, like one of these right. dystopian movies. And I saw that and I was like, oh, my God, like all of these things from Hollywood that were too hard to look at. They're now real. Right. Um, except, you know, because it's the freaking rainbow flag with the little chevron for the pedophiles or whatever all that is. Um, now, I think part of it is Black Lives Matter and part of it is like the brown people and part of it's like the minor attracted persons mm -hmm. and like every other freaking kink that they can try to stick on a flag. They want to freaking celebrate it. And it's like, we're going to put this in the middle. We're going to flank the American flag on, you know, a flank it with the American flag on either side. And it's such a supremacist, mm -hmm. um, you know, you will be made to care kind of thing. Like this is center. You think, you live in America and the, the American flag is your flag. It's not your flag. This one right here in the middle, that's your flag. Right. Right. The American flag is passe. And so it goes to the side. Like, in other words, it's on the silver and bronze medal podium where the mm -hmm. gold medal podium in the middle is our new rainbow flag with the flag for pedos and the flag for Black, Black Lives Matter and all of the other little things that we have. Like, that's the new thing. And so what do you get with that? You get bare boobs from trannies on the White House lawn on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And we're all looking at this like, well, that's about the size of it. And meanwhile, every Democrat in America is like, I kind of ought to be embarrassed by that. 
like I think I ought to be. I'm not embarrassed by it, but I think I probably ought to be because maybe we'll lose an election as a result of this. And there was this survey, and I don't remember who did it. It's not Rasmus. I guess it must have been Gallup. Yeah, um, asking people, hey, are you a social liberal or a social conservative? And two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, that it was like even money. And now it's 38 to 29 with social conservatives against social liberal. Like that number has moved like eight or nine points in like two years. Right. And among Republicans, like 72 percent now say they're social conservatives. And that number was maybe like 50. Right. Um, and, you know, like it's obvious because and I keep saying this, conservatives are not on offense in the culture war. Right. right? And like but what you've you got, saw. But you've got Paul Ryan today saying man right. of the moment, Paul Ryan saying that the well, culture war really isn't necessary. And one of the things that I thought about that, Scott, was like here he is, is a, he's a money guy. Right. He's any kind of guy. He knows that all the dependence created and all of the government programs created be with the social and cultural ills that we have um, cost the government. So why is he so for this debauchery? Why is because the money- Because Paul guy Ryan's friends are all liberals. That's why. Paul Ryan wants to be invited to cocktail parties. Paul Ryan wants to be seen as relevant among the elite members of the machine and right. paul ryan knows that if he speaks like a middle class guy from where's he from like racing wisconsin or somewhere yeah. um he knows that if he speaks that way then he's not going to get those invitations and he's not going to get invited to sit on the corporate boards that he's on and all the rest mm -hmm. of it like paul ryan is one of these guys who's perfectly willing to talk the talk, but when it comes to walking the walk, right? Like pledging your life, your fortune, your sacred honor to the freaking future of the Republic, Paul Ryan's not in on that game. And so his whole thing is, well, I'm not a culture war guy. And it's like, okay, dude, so when they trans your kids, are you gonna be in for the culture? Like, what is it that gets you involved in this? Because- well, you know that, No, 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 he's sending his kids to probably some private Christian school or private school where this stuff, is. you know, isn't is. even allowed. So all of this is theoretical to guys who are breathing this rare, rarefied air. Like, I know? get that. But my point is, is it's like Paul Ryan won't, he won't fight this battle for himself. He won't fight it for anybody else because yeah. it's icky. And his friends in New York City don't like it when, when Republicans talk this way. Right. Because, you know, all these guys' wives have, have gay hairdressers. And, you know, it's all. It's well, fun I have to a talk gay hairdresser, it. but what does that mean? The well, thing is, in New York, a gay hairdresser is different than a Houston gay hairdresser. Okay. Right? <laughs> well, that's probably true. Okay. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like the culture that he's immersed in is, and I, this is like kind of off the beaten track, but not totally, uh, which is why I'm bringing it up. So yesterday I had some downtime and I just wanted to veg out in front of the TV for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And I watched this movie that was like a, you know, kind of Oscar worthy thing from a year ago. And I had no interest in it, but I just said, oh, screw it. I'll watch this. Tar, 
right? Oh, Which yeah. is about, you know, this mm-hmm. woman who's a, and I, I don't think conductor, she like actually exists, but it's this woman who's a symphony conductor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all kind of like that world, right? Mm-hmm. Like she runs the Berlin Philharmonic and she's been at a bunch of places and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the deal with her is they make her out to be like this horrendous human being, but what she really is, is she's not woke enough. Like that, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of a conservative movie, uh, at least to some extent. And, you know, like the whole deal is, it's like she's teaching a class at Juilliard and she's talking about Bach, right? And, the you know, how wonderful Bach's music is and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, well, you know, this is a bunch of kids that are trying to become conductors. And, and the, the guy she's talking to about this is, well, you know, he says, well, as a... Um, I can't remember as a non-binary BIPOC person, uh, I find Bach, you know, I can't, I can't appreciate Bach because, you know, this whole thing. And she basically like rips him. Like Mm -hmm. this is about the music. Like it doesn't matter with this guy 200 years ago, like, you know, how he treated his wife like the music is what he, he contributes to the world, which is, you know, the smart thing anyway. So somebody takes the, the video of the thing that they were that they were doing, and because the guy basically is like, "You are such a bitch," at the end, and he storms out of the class because she mm-hmm. basically clowned on him. But the whole point was, she actually believed in merit and right. objective truth, and like mm-hmm. the music itself, and not the identity of the person that did. Like in other words. Everything this woke religion stands for, yeah. she's she's like, no, 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 it's all bullshit, right? right. But she lives in this mm-hmm. kind of, you know, New York, Berlin, London, elite kind of, you know, flies around on private jets, right? Mm-hmm. Until they excommunicate her because she's, you know, whatever. And at the end, she's like, she's like conducting a orchestra in Bangkok, because they're doing like on the cheap, they're doing a score for like video games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the audience in the theater where they're doing this, the, she's doing conducting the music is like a bunch of people dressed up as furries and shit like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, okay, all right. So this is like this is like the the, the end of her career. It, it is how the movie ends. Anyway, the point is, like. It, this movie depicts the world that like Paul Ryan is trying to live in, mm-hmm. right? Where you're not supposed to get involved in the, if you're a Republican, then you have to be about the money because what you can't be about is opposing the woke religion on the part of real religion, right? right. You can't defend Christianity against the woke because that's not acceptable in that world. Um, and so this is why Paul Ryan is is taking the the the, the thing that he the, the uh, position he's taken. But here's the thing: that was sort of the Bush Republican type of thing. Oh, I don't want to get involved in the culture war because I don't get invited to all the nice cocktail parties if I do that. So I'm going to be a policy wonk. I'm going to talk about money and I'm going to talk about how right, we got to right. reform welfare. We're going to do all these different things. And it's like, dude, it doesn't matter if you reform welfare if you let the public become unvirtuous right right go back to your founding father you like you act like it's such a big thing you know to 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 hew to the the um 
the dictates of our founding fathers. Well, the number one thing, thing that these guys talked about from the very beginning, from Washington to Jefferson to Adams to all of these guys, it was, hey, you have got to have a public that's capable of self-governance. Right. You have got to have public virtue. You have got to have a heritage and a tradition. And you have got to hew to the dictates of natural law and objective truth and the and the golden rule and all of these things that Judeo-Christianity laid down to build the society and civilization from which you can launch the Constitution and have a free uh, civilization from. And yet... If you don't nurture that and you don't protect it, then, yeah, you can talk about libertarianism all you want. And what you get is whack jobs threatening people on subways and causing chaos. Right. Right. And you get topless trannies on the White House lawn. Like those are the things that you get when you don't protect the virtue of the public. And, you know, and the reason that Bush Republicanism was such a colossal failure in the hands of the Mitt Romneys and the Paul Ryans and these kind of people is right. that they didn't understand the full scope of the battle. And they actually disparaged the people that understood the full scope. Oh, those are the Jesus freaks. And those guys are such a inconvenience that we have to put up with them on our side of the fence. Right. Well, the Pat okay, Robertsons your, of the world. God, like to your point about that. So we had a lot of people who, you know, were like, we're voting for Biden over Trump because his right. norm busting and all of the tone, whatever. One interesting thing today was Dave Weigel put this out. He, I think he still writes for the Washington Post now, but um, he basically said that DeSantis is running to the right of Trump on just pretty much everything. No, as there's far no question. So as far as uh, the kind of the more moderate Tim Ryan types, they prefer DeSantis over Trump, even though Trump probably more closely mirrors their actual ideological beliefs. And for people like me, DeSantis probably more represents my ideological beliefs, although I'm not sure about his foreign policy stuff because he's been all over the road about it. But, you know, so like, it's interesting that really what it comes down to for the Trump, the, the never Trumper crowd is it's all about kind of tone and whether yes. they feel a little bit embarrassed. It has nothing actually to do with saving the culture and, and creating a world where we can have discussions about things from a, common under Amer common American understanding. Like as it stands right now, you've got on the one side who the never Trumpers and the people who voted for Biden who are on the moderate side um, are standing with these kind of norm busting crazy loons like the guy, you know, flashing his tatas on the White House lawn. I mean, that's who they're combining their giving their power to, giving their vote to, giving their rhetorical um, support to. The David Frenches of the world are supporting this kind of insanity that leads to where we're at. Now, I'd like to make another point about this because it's not just like the, you know, the never Trump uh, people who, who kind of just uh, hold their nose because 
you know, Trump talks like a blue collar guy. And uh, even though he represents a lot more of what they believe, um, you've also got a, a group of, I, I'm seeing this, both the feminists and the uh, kind of the gay people who the love is love crowd, let's just say, who wanted gay marriage and who wanted uh, social sanction for their relationships, right? And have been completely uh, uh, unprepared with dealing with this trans stuff that com undermines both of yeah. their um, frameworks for belief. And so you yes. have a, a lot of um, gay people who I, um, I I'd like to you know I'd like to put a blaring sign out and go stop this train it's running you over if you don't stop this train right. same way with the feminists everything you profess to believe is being undermined by this ideology and you see some gay people getting it like. Yeah. But there are I think a lot I think of... most I think most gay people are looking at, mm -hmm. you know, Pride Month and are like, um, I didn't sign up for all of this. Well, I don't know. So, like, I think that they're they're torn. It's kind of like. Uh, um, any minority group. Being asked to hold the radical part of their um, group accountable. Right. It's like black yeah, people. It, it never, with you're right. it Are never they talk it's about very it? hard to do. Yes. Police talking about the brutality of the psychopaths among the ranks. Um, you know, you talk about any minor group. And so you have amongst the gay community a bunch of them who are not willing to say, even if they believe it, they'll whisper it, but they won't say it out loud. There's a couple voices going, hello, if this keeps going. Everything we've worked for is completely destroyed. Feminists are starting to wake up to this. Yeah. But the interesting group who I find the most fascinating, who have totally got it, are the Gen Zers who are have been having to deal with this in the classroom, are right. seeing like their their psychopath classmates using this um for nefarious purposes and bringing a you know uh revealing the lie uh, of just we want equal rights no 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 you want the world to revolve around you so like th that's why it's so great uh this transgender person living their truth on the white house lawn as okay so you're a fame whore and an actual whore and that's what this is about thank you thank you yeah. for showing everybody and thank you for I don't even know that Biden is capable of being embarrassed at this point, you know, considering his own family, but there you go. Uh, this was a bridge, you know, tiptoe too far, I guess, for the Biden crowd on the White House lot. And I think only because, not because they give a crap or have any respect for the office that they hold, but oh, they're because, terrified of the consequences. Well, yes, because 70, what, 69% now? I can't, the, the poll that I looked at yesterday or the day before saying that, I mean, the, the country has shifted seven points like in two months uh, yeah. against this transgender ideology. Like everybody's right. going, whoa. So Well, and you're starting to have some people in the psychiatric community beginning to step forward. Uh, like Oz Hakim is a good example. This is a guy that that you know has come out and said, "Look, I, you need to talk these people out of this stuff." 
mm-hmm. right? Like, th- you know, this is a, this is a dysphoria. You, it can, it needs to be treated psychiatrically. Right. It can't, you can't treat this with, you know, mutilating your body. It doesn't solve the underlying problem. The underlying problem is, you know, emotional and it's, and it's um, psychiatric. And so, uh, and, you know, he's not alone. There's a bunch of them that are now saying this, whereas a year or so ago, you know, you didn't, I mean, like, it was, it, Abigail it was too much Schreier. terror to be able to say it. Abigail Schreier was the one who wrote the book, who's still being harassed by everyone, but she's sure. the one who it's started it. Proven correct. Mm-hmm. Um, or is being proven correct, if, I mean, yeah. if we didn't already know it. Um, so I think that this is starting to show most of the um, elements of a fad. Mm. I mean, it shows elements of a cult more than a fad, but it's. I think it's both at this point. Um, and it's starting, I think it's, the, that fever is beginning to break. Um, and it's going to look really bad a year from now if the White House continues with the freaking pride celebration on the lawn and you got topless trannies and all the rest of it. Um, by the way, we're using the word tranny and my guess is we'll be off YouTube forever now. Forever now. Whatever. Oh, we could have Kate go through and just beep it like every single time we say the, the trans. No, Kate, don't beep the tranny. Don't, don't beep the tranny references. <laughs> so, um, we'll see. But you you said something, and, and it's actually, it, it touched on something we talked a little bit about last week, which is, you know, like, okay, so topless trannies on the White House lawn is an, a perfect example of this idea that, you know, there's no like adult stuff anymore. There's no taboos. There's no shame, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, it's well, you know, we're going to we're going to bring the LGBTQ people in. And so you're going to get the raunchiest, um, most low class, tacky, you know, weird stuff. You get uh, porn books in the library, but the porn books are OK because they're gay porn books. Whereas, you know, if you did the story of O. And the freaking, uh, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey, and you put that in the kids section of the library, everybody would agree, well, this is inappropriate. You can't really do that. Oh, but wait, it's a gay bondage sex book. So we'll put it in the teen section. And if you don't like that, then you're a bigot. And it's, you know, like if you had, uh, like if, if they had done Stripper Pride Month, at the White House and had had, you know, like a, a, a flag with a stripper on a stripper pole uh, right. flanked by two American flags. And you had Stormy a bunch Daniels of guys, showing, straight guys hooting and hollering. Woo-hoo. Uh, yeah, maybe so. And you had Stormy Daniels, you know, taking the freaking <laughs> top off and everybody would agree. OK, right. this is gross. This is disgusting. It shouldn't happen. It's inappropriate, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But because it's a tranny that does it, it's oh living my truth right <laughs> and you're like and if you, you don't like that it, you're bigot and you need your horizons truth. broadened and it's like mm-hmm. no it's porn we right. all agree that porn is bad for people's psychological emotional development right i mean the feminists will not shut up about how terrible porn is for men and all these men and all they do is porn and they don't want a wife anymore and blah 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 and it's like yeah, you're probably right about all that. Right. And yet if it's gay porn, it's okay. 
Do right, you hear right. yourself? Like how stupid you sound? Like, you know, and, and really it's not stupidity, it's cowardice, right? Because if you're a feminist, you don't want to be called a turf for, you know, uh, standing against um, the queer community. And all of this is based on magical thinking. It's right. all based on the idea that, you know, there's no objective truth. There's my truth. There's no truth, right? And there's no, you know, there's no God. So there's nobody laying the law down. You know, you do whatever you want. Well, your the God. problem is, is none of it works. Right. And it's, you, you run into constant, like, you know, not just, not just, um, um, you know, you paint yourself in a corner, but it's like obvious and it's stupid when you do. And everybody laughs at you, you know I mean? Like, this is how you get, what was that woman's name? Kate Dolezal, the, the white lady. Oh, that. Right. And it's like, okay, but like, if a guy can call himself a girl, why can't this white woman call herself a black woman? Like, right. what's wrong with that? You know? Well, and, the thing is, is that like, we're, we're, my point was, was that, you know, having this um, as a, you know, going to a strip club or there's certain taboos. There's a certain there, there's certain dark parts of town, you know, where where you'd have to go to the sex toy and porn store, right? Like, you know, I remember having a friend with a guy, a talk with a guy friend, and he was saying about the strip club, and because I, I could not just I could not get, grasp the appeal, like why, you know? And I said, well, if it's so great, maybe next time I'll go with you. And he's like, well, I'm not so sure about that. And I was like, oh, so it's good for you, but it wouldn't be good for me. And after that, like he never went to a strip club again because like he thought through it and it was like so gross. And what he, you know, we had this discussion. I wasn't judging him necessarily. I was just like, you know, this seems strange to me. Yeah. But But having it as kind of a taboo thing, you know, uh, or, you know, getting stoned, as a taboo thing, everybody knows that binge drinking and getting completely wasted on the, you know, or day drinking is a bad idea, right? Right. Every once in a while, okay, maybe it can be, you know, socially sanctioned yeah. at a special party. Well, it's, it's but, you know, if, you, if it's a checkout or an escape from society, everybody understands, look, you know, you're going to fall off the reservation a little bit, but then you got to get, you know, you got to come you gotta back, get in. back into regular life. And, the, and this is, right. but now these taboos are becoming central to people's identity and everybody else is supposed to just stand around and go, yeah, that's fine. But it's not well, fine yeah. because we and all they, know they we have it, to have a have to have a functioning society. Well, and they, they make it as it's a civil rights thing, right? For especially for the political left who doesn't believe any of that. This is just a way for them to try to collect votes. Um, so, for example, uh, last week the legislative session in Louisiana ended. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was more or less, wait, can you guys have special sessions like we do in Texas? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll probably have one later this year. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, and one reason why we would is, uh, we may end up doing a veto override session because Mm -hmm. the Democrat governor, John Bell Edwards, who ran twice and won as a conservative Democrat, Mm. um, so, you know, the session was generally a disaster, but one of the things that they did pass 
was a transgender surgery ban for minors. Mm. And, you know, so it passed like right at the end of the session and Edwards comes out and he gives, you know, his little statement and he says, oh, I'm going to veto the bill. And he couched this entire thing in a civil rights mm. format. The same people who voted against this oh, bill right. were against the freaking integration of the schools. And it's like, no, that was 50 years ago. Right. The people that voted for this bill were like kids or not even born. So, you know, stuff that, right? But anyway, so it, the whole thing is couched as like this civil rights thing that no, we must mutilate the children or else it's bigotry and oppression. And it's like, do you even hear yourself? Like eight years ago, you ran for governor as a freaking conservative Democrat. And this is the crap coming out of your mouth. Right. Um, you know, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, look, your character, it's not that you had much to begin with, but like look, your character as a politician has been warped by the DNC that has put this on you that you have to like you're the, the supposed conservative Democrat governor of Louisiana. And all you talk about is climate change and mutilating children in the name of civil rights. And you don't even realize what an utter clown that makes you in the eyes of the people that even voted for you are like, oh my God, this guy is such a joke, right? Not that he has much of a political future in Louisiana anyway, but it just, the evolution of that guy who when he was initially running for governor and you, if these issues should have been brought up to him, um, you know, because it would have smoked out who he was, but even then he would have lied and he would have, he would have laughed this out. Oh, that's insane. Of course, I'm not for, you know, sex change operations for kids. And now think, he's okay. vetoing bills banning sex change operations for kids. Scott, do you think that this is, because it's such a strange thing. You, you bring up a really interesting point because he's a Louisiana, which is a generally conservative, more so place. Like we, pulled, we pulled this issue and outside of the hardcore white leftists who are like 13% of the population, the, the transgender surgery ban bill is pretty popular. Right. So so the, the, the fact that somebody who's supposed to be a moderate is so on board this and so on board the climate train and everything else, all of this has the stench, you know, going after the farmers and Denmark and the Netherlands and France and Ireland and, you know, uh, all over. It, it has a stench of like eugenics, like anything that, mm -hmm. whether it be abortion or um, whether it be transgender, where you're actually neutering children so they can't reproduce. Uh, the climate change hysteria, which is like the world's going to end. And so it puts this kind of apocalyptic feel. Right. And so you know, people are self-selecting to not get married or not have children. There's this kind of really warped weirdness well, that it, seems to be new. coming from above and is, you know, because politically, this isn't good for a guy in his political position to be holding no. these values. He's in, a, right. he's in a gas and oil state. He's in a state that is socially conservative, overtly Christian or Catholic. Yep. So this is just kind of a strange thing. And yet we see every Democrat from sea to shining sea spouting what is way outside the norms for the American people. Right. 
and, and in a coordinated way. And it started with COVID. Like I remember being just shocked at the, the um, communications from Australia, New Zealand, throughout Europe, all, all had this kind of build back better sloganeering uh, weirdness. And yeah. it was all coordinated. And right. I was like, what the heck is this? You know? Yeah. Um, and it seems to be the case even now with all this transgender crap. It's like the Democrats have decided, oh, this is the way to uh, the cultural Marxism is a way to remake the society and completely undermine the norms, the Judeo-Christian norms that the West has been built on. That is yeah. kind of the Roman uh, concepts of rule of law and democracy and that sort of thing. Yeah. Now, it's I mean. There's there's a, an amazing sort of confluence uh, between the crap that came out of the WEF, for example, over the last 10 years, and particularly the Great Reset mm -hmm. um, narrative and all of that, and like what every single Democrat parrots over and over and oh, over again, whether yeah. it's John Bell Edwards or it's Gavin Newsom or it's, uh, you know, Ro Khanna, or it's, I mean, like, you just go down the list, you know, I, and you've already seen the ones that dared to think for themselves mm -hmm. um, and how they've been excommunicated. I mean, look what they did to Tulsi Gabbard, for example. Um, you know, it was like, oh, you're just, and then, I mean, she went from being a superhero that was, you know, the next big thing in the Democrat Party to, I mean, dropped her like a rock. Right. And now she's, you know, she was in Congress and now she's, you know, she's got, she's just another podcaster. Right. Um, you know, and I mean, I, you can see him doing it to RFK Jr., who is on board with most of their stuff. He's not right. on board with the transgender thing. And he definitely wasn't on board with the vaccine thing. But I mean, you can't like get any more about climate change than RFK yeah. Jr. Right. And that's not good enough for them. You have to embrace all of the tenets of the woke religion or else. Um, well, and it's you, that's ever changing. It's so perfectly Leninist, which is the point right. isn't the belief. The point is, right. will you, uh, suburban leftist woman uh, automaton, to be part of the in-group, change right. your belief, and then force right. everyone in your new, social group, right. whatever the new thing is. It's right. really not about some ideology. It's about being a good foot soldier and changing your opinion on a dime to serve the whims of whatever right. psychopathic right. thing is coming up. You're not allowed to archive the playbook. You have to turn in last year's playbook and right. make this year's playbook, right? right. Um, and, I, you know, and that is, like, you're exactly right. That is a fundamental characteristic of a totalitarian you know political regime whether you know a, a leninist a maoist um type you know mao had the whole cultural revolution where they wanted to get rid of the four olds right right and i can't remember exactly what the four olds were but they were like old ideas old customs and it's like well what does that even mean right because some of these ideas and customs are pretty fundamental Right. Well, and it right. was like, no, so, no, we're throwing that out too. And so what yeah. you got in response was nonsense that was enforced with the most, um, you know, violent means possible and sometimes not even necessarily violence. I mean, they would be beating the crap out of you while you were apologizing for doing something that five minutes ago was perfectly normal. Right. 
And that, you know, and the, and the, thing the, of the it people is, is that, doing the beating were the young women. The, yes, the young absolutely. women and and the women generally, because at the at the heart of all the communist regime regimes is women are oppressed and must be liberated. And right. the men, ironically in charge, use their stupid follower, you know, um, in in basketball. So like uh, my dad was a coach and he he always said he liked coaching uh, young women better because they were more easily led than the young guys because a bunch of young guys I mean, together, a bunch of hardheads. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. You know, you, you get a bunch of women together and they're far more easily, um, you know. I mean, look, the hormones raging through teenage girls are much different than the hormones raging through teenage boys. Right. Right. The, te the, the, the teenage boy hormones are the ones that make you rebellious. Right. Right. And want you to get you involved in mischief and adventure and all of those kinds of things. And that's totally different than what the teenage girls do. So if you want to build cadres of fascist communist, right. um, you know, uh, terrorizers. This affected women are, not bad, are your people. Right? And Rich Paul, I don't know you remember, like you remember he said that the United States should create a whole like battalion of postmenopausal women because they're the most vicious people in America. But it's kind of true. Like I can to totally see. Can women you imagine if he was just coming up now and popped that out of his <laughs> mouth, what the reaction would be? I mean, it would be, he could never show his face in public. There'd be thousands of them chasing him down the street. <laughs> well, I mean, so like, this is the, this is the problem that we have now. It's, you know, it's these white leftist women taking their kids to essentially porn shows, you know, in these pride parades or to the libraries right. where this, this guy who oopsie forgot his underwear and just so happens to show his junk to a bunch of children where before we, that these people would be for lewd displays for public exposure, be right. put in jail because they're gay guys who are pretending to women or just gay guys in drag or, or bondage gear or whatever, or dressed as furries. I saw this one totally disturbing picture of like four guys with uh, dog masks on because they were pretending to be dogs and were on a leash. And this innocent little girl reaching her hand out to these psychopaths. And yeah. I was like, and, and where's the parents? The parents are approving this sexualization of their children. They're, They're the ones taking their the own pictures. children. Right. So, okay. Well, we. Well, and, and you know, the oh, thing wow. of it is, is that so many of, you know, the moms that expose their kids to this garbage, yeah. um, you say, well, where are the fathers? And the answer is, well, he didn't get custody. Well, no, the fathers anymore can be in the home too, Scott. Well, some and, of them. Yeah. I mean, I saw. Of this course, you know. Look, if you have a beta male for a dad, what you really have is a second mom. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and you go back to, and this is a few years ago, um, there's like an unbelievably awesome Matt Walsh podcast uh, where he was, he had watched the um, HBO had done, you know, like everything HBO does now is either gay struggle or black struggle or both. Okay. Um, and it's a, such a shame because HBO used to be the gold standard of like, I mean, the Sopranos and Rome and mm. Game of Thrones. I mean, the stuff that they used to turn out was so freaking good. 
And then all of a sudden, everything had to be like, you know, gay stuff. But anyway, uh, they did this, this show and it was like four families of trans kids, right? And Walsh goes, the show was awful, but Walsh like does a review of the show on his podcast and he, he's cutting, you know, pieces of the show off and, and showing them. And the whole point was um, that there were no dads. The dads were, there, a couple of them, they, they had dads, but the dads were, you know, drinking a beer in the other room because he checked out, the mm -hmm. wife had completely taken over. It was her show. And the, like, he'd lost the argument and didn't have enough stroke to like say, no, you're not going to take my little boy and put a dress on him and call him a girl. Right. You're not going to do it, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, and like they, you know, they're in California. So if he, if he did put his foot down and say, mm -hmm. this won't happen, you know, then, you know, they're going to go to a judge and the judge is going to be like, oh, well, you know, you're it's abusing your kid by not mm -hmm. affirming your kid's gender, mm -hmm. you know? So like, I mean, if you're in a state, if you're a guy and you're in a state where that's what the judges are going to do and you've got even the most slightly crazy girl that you're dating, mm -hmm. whatever you do, don't marry her and have kids with her. Right. Because the odds of like are, are skyrocketing that that woman is going to freaking trans your kids, which Did sounds say, stupid, okay. but it's like 20% of the kids in school now they're saying are, you know, LGBTQ. And you know that this is social contagion and you know that it's driven by these wacko people, these moms that think this is the new thing and they're going to do this to their kids. So, okay. I mean, like, so there was a poll on this, I think yesterday, because I, I shared it yesterday about how Gen Z is looking for people to date. Only 30% of, let me see if I can find it. So the liberal women and conservative men, this is at the Atlantic, who want to marry face a particular challenge. There are only 0.6 single liberal young men for each single liberal young woman. Likewise, only 0.5 single conservative women exist for every conservative young man. So what's happening is, is if, if you're a conservative young woman, you're in luck because- oh. There's plenty of conservative They're young men. Man. There's no doubt about that. Conversely, if you're a liberal young woman, you're going to have a very tough time finding a man yeah. who shares your ideology because yep. it's getting more extreme because young men are getting more and more fed up with all the baloney. Right. Uh, you can only hear that it's your fault. Everything in the world is your fault for so long, I think, and then decide, you know what, I'm noping out of this baloney, you know? Well, I mean, that's right. And and it's 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 disturbing, the disturbingly high frequency of like the MGTOW crowd among 20-something and 30-something men. If you don't know what MGTOW is, it's men going their own way. Yeah. Where these guys that are like, you know what, screw it. I'm, I'm just not even going to bother. I might, I, you know, I'll go to a bar and I'll hook up with chicks, but I'm not interested in dating anybody. Right. And, you know, and there's, there's reasons for that, which is that the culture and particularly on the left, this sort of, you know, kind of new wave feminist thing where you have to actually attach yourself to the queer piece and like everything else, 
and all of it is so repellent to you know, apolitical, guys. ordinary, you know, young yeah. guys who, um, you know, I mean, like, want sort of a more traditional marriage, but it's just not available well, we'll because you can't yeah, it takes thing. two to tango. Well, it used to be just a normal thing to want marriage and children. Yeah. And to have a home together with someone who shares your values. You know, maybe you go to church a couple times a month. You have a normal life. It's the American dream. You buy a yeah. house. I mean, most you... people thought that was fantastic. But the problem right. is, is third wave feminism came along and it convinced an entire generation of women that that was oppressive and it was bad. Why would you want to be somebody's wife? You know, you're going to get abused. You're not going to be, you know, like the, the, they say they're going to take care of you, but they, they don't. And you're going to, you know, find yourself miserable and all this kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so what you really need to be is a corporate drone with cats mm -hmm. because that's much more fulfilling. And the problem is, is almost nobody um, who has gone through that thinks that it's fulfilling at the end of the day because the vast majority, I mean, look, some of these women moved up the corporate ladder and like their career is actually fulfilling. The vast majority of them have essentially secretarial jobs. They move paper around in an office. Or they're it in is the very jobs. essence yeah. of drudgery. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, 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 worse exercise than you know working on a lathe in a factory okay like well those are the jobs that you know back in the day oh nobody wants to do that job and now it's you know you're sitting at a desk getting fat eating freaking donuts <laughs> from the office freaking like you know where, where the water cool is and and you know doing this with your stress ball while you're looking at spreadsheets and sending freaking you know, email memos to other people just as miserable as you are in an office all day. And somehow, no, no, this is fulfilling. What you really don't want to do, and it's so bad that some of these woke corporations will actually subsidize abortions for their female employees to keep them from leaving that and you know, like starting a family. Um. Like somehow this is like, this is a superior deal. It's a worker's paradise. And I mean, like everything about this, like if you pull yourself away from it for five minutes and take a 30,000 foot view of it, you'd laugh. You'd be like, who, who in their right mind would think that this is a good idea. But if you've got your nose on that grindstone the entire time and you are being bombarded with the messaging that comes from all the women's magazines and all the TV shows and all of this other stuff. No, no, no this is how, what you have to do. Mm -hmm. um, and anything other than that is some man taking advantage of. He's like, there's a guy in the corner office where you work and he's a guy and he's, a, he's absolutely exploiting you just in a little different way. You're slaving over those spreadsheets until six o'clock for $42,000 a year and coming home to a house full of cats at 41 years old and well, the house somehow is entirely full of cats but how What's many that? cats is too many cats there scott oh uh, i'm the wrong one to ask that question because is one cat one, is too many one one, they, one like dogs one. we don't like cats but like <laughs> i'll put it to you this way from personal experience the average number is three and that's not a good number 
I think anything over two is trouble. Mm, okay. I mean, whatever. Um, the worst are the ones that actually don't do the cats, but do things that are more exotic because it thinks it make they think it makes them special. <laughs> like what? I'm, I'm I'm almost afraid to ask. Like I picked it... someone up for a first date, and there was a chicken. What? And I walked in the house. And I'm like, what is what what is that? And then I saw, and I'm like, oh, it's a chicken. That's what that smell is. Who would have a, a chicken? Sat on the couch and the chicken oh. jumped up to say hi. And I'm like, this isn't acceptable. It's not acceptable. And I would like to leave like right now. <laughs> With you or without you, I'm going out the door. Holy crap. Oh, you don't like my chicken? I'm like, has anyone liked your chicken? She's like, not yet. And I'm like, oh, Scott, that's crazy absolutely crazy it, it happened oh it, my i'm goodness. not making this up it is, happened it's if you've been on a farm chickens are the worst like my uncle i know said, he said anyone who says it calls it chicken poop has never been around chickens he's like it's chicken shit because <laughs> it stinks so bad like i mean the rest of the farm cows horses Melissa, whatever oh she had it in the house oh i can't even imagine it's just too horrible she said, well Why? you know you gotta clean up after them it's you Ooh. know it's a lot of work i'm like yeah and you haven't done that good a job oh scott that is just vile how how many dates did you go out with her oh on? there was one because <laughs> she insisted at the end Mm -hmm. And trying to correct me, like, okay, so we really need to discuss the whole like pro life thing because I've read your stuff and I know that you're like, you know, that you're like anti abortion, whatever. And I'm going, it's not really a good first date conversation topic. And I didn't bring it up and you did. So I would like to make it known that if I'm going to get dragged into this, it's against my will. She's like, well, yeah, but, and then she proceeds to tell me the entire thing about how. Um, you know, that's a soul that's going to just plug into another kid. And, and I'm going, and I kept thinking of, you know, remember that famous line from as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson. And he's like, go sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Right. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I was, I, you'll, you should be proud of me that I was like, nope, I'm not going to say it. I want to <laughs> say it, but I'm not going to say it. But the whole point was. And this sounds like, you know, absolute wacko freaking, you know, cuckoo date of all time. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I've got some I told people, and I, mm -hmm. I, when I, especially when I told the people who set me up with this girl, when I told them about the date, they couldn't believe it because like, no, she's normal. Like she's totally what? normal. She had a good job and she did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And I was just, and I mentioned this not because it was, like this outrageous example mm. this is the shit that's out there you know right. and it's you know because it's like you have some kind of corporate drone job and so it's really important to express some sort of individuality but you can't do that based on mm. um any of the stuff that's sort of opposed to the lifestyle narrative that's in all the women's magazines or whatever else so it's like, well, I just, you know, I think I should be quirky. And it's like, yeah. And you have a chicken that shits on your floor. Uh, and somehow that makes you unique. And it's like, no, it makes you worse than everybody else. Uh, yeah. 
But uh. and I'm not saying this to like crap on this girl. Okay, she's acting on things that people have told her. No, okay. do these things. They're cool, right? right? And I mean, so like this is what the culture has produced in so many cases. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like this is it, this is funky because it's a chicken. But <laughs> go to somebody's house that has three cats. It's the same freaking awful smell. It's not oh, exactly it the same be. smell, but it's I, awful. I, yeah, I mean, oh, that's terrible. I mean, and I the, don't know. And the point, well, the point is, and, and I mean, you know, everybody I think recognizes that this is a problem now. Um, the point is, is you're substituting, and I'm guilty of this. It's me and the dog in my house, okay? You're mm -hmm. substituting a pet mm -hmm. for a family. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, and, and my thing is, is I'm just, I'm like beaten down by all this because I, I have... I have waded through so many first dates and second dates with just psychos that I just like, okay, I, you know, for a while I need a break because I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, you know, and I don't know that male culture is any better than female here? culture now, but it's all bad. There, it's I think there, there, there's a problem like uh, with the prolonged singlehood. I don't think we're meant to be starting our dating or to be really going for our dating life in our 40s. Well, I mean, it used to be they'd 50s. call you a hermit. Right. I mean, I right? think and that they thought you were weird. We get because we get kind of set in our ways as we as we age, you know, right. and so it makes it more difficult the older that you get to want to be flexible with someone or that sort of thing. And so like, as the dating, um, and everybody's a little weird. And if they've never been like in a long term relationship where somebody is helping to knock off their edges, you can kind of right. get a little, you know, you're not having someone in your home, you're living by yourself. And the strange things that you do, you have nobody. I mean, if you have kids, I can promise you someone's telling you that you're a weirdo every day, <laughs> you know, because they're like, why are you doing that? Right. That's yeah, not those normal. kids don't have a filter that a polite adult will have. Right? Exactly. And so like, you're not, you know, the weird stuff gets called out pretty much on the on nonstop. And so I do think that there's something that, um, you know, and, and, and by the time you reach our age, people have either, um, there's just a lot of decisions that they've made to get where they're at in their life, you know? Right. And. Right. Well, and yeah. So, and you, yeah. I mean, you're going to ask people to undo things they've done and it's not, um, right. that's not easy for anybody to do. Yeah. Um, because to more, more of an extent than not, those decisions that you arrived at and the place that they put you, Mm -hmm. generally works for you right and so well, like, well, it I might undo all this and make changes because it doesn't work right. for me and it's like well maybe you don't work for me right right and if you're yeah. 25 you're a lot more malleable on that than if you're whatever 50 That's or true. 55 or something so i really don't believe in um you know i i've i've got family members and friends and stuff who are like why are why would you encourage young marriage? And I'm like, why would you encourage old marriage? You know, it, you, there's this myth that people get better as they age. That has not been my experience at all. And so maybe more I mean, wisdom. You can get better in some ways, but in other ways, 
And right. most of those ways are like ways that would make you attractive to somebody else. You don't right. get that. No, exactly. And so like, there, there well, you is- do. And it's like, for a little bit of time, you got a little bit better and you were so proud of yourself and then you back <laughs> slid right, right back down. So, well, I think there's a, I think there's a window and I, I, I do think that people have to be realistic about it and otherwise they're facing, you know, like I, I've had friends who got married late, but, and found out that they love children and could only have one because that was all the f- fertility runway that they had left. And right. so there's kind of, this is going in with this kind of lie about women um, being in the workforce being so much more important than, you know, ha- and, and here's the other thing too, not enough women are talking about the fulfillment that comes from having children. Like I've been, I've, no, no for- that's like totally gone from the equation altogether. It's like, right. You know, and I mean, most women are moms and where is the hey being a mom is awesome like where is that well i'll say it right now i mean for the people out here who are listening who are considering you know what whether i always say about once a year on twitter i say if you're on the fence about whether to have another child have one you will not regret it you may regret someday not trying to have another child but you right. won't regret having that okay. other child next what's child. wrong with adding another person who loves you right and, <laughs> like, and really so like, like I, you don't want to do that yeah and and the other thing is is that having had i've been a doctor i've been a publisher of a magazine now and and everything that that entails so i've had very f- fulfilling work in my life but nothing has compared to being a mom and i would trade all of that in a hot minute just for my children and so like I think not enough women are saying that not enough women are talking about that and not enough women know it until too late or um, they're such narcissists that they they don't want to make room for another person this is one of the things that I've seen both men and women um, because there is uh, in the Catholic faith they talk about death to self when you get you know, consecrate yourself to the church. And then when you consecrate yourself in marriage, then when you consecrate yourself as a parent, you are part of your selfish, you know, personhood is dying. You know, you're not going to be flouncing around on the White House lawn, flashing your tits once you did make certain decisions in your life or you shouldn't be. And if you are, you're not fit for being a parent. And so like, there are just certain things that you have to give up into in order to have much, much greater gain. And that's, what's not talked about that you're giving something, but you're getting so much more, which is the best trade-offs in life in life are like that, you know, that, that you put, you plant the seed. Now you tend it and work at the ground and, and help this develop. And then if you're lucky, you know, Jordan Peterson, one of his best pieces of advice is raise children that you like, you know, you have children that you love to be around. And, but what I've seen a lot of is parents working out their crap and destroying their children, which is why you have parents sexualizing their children. Oh, I was raised by parents who are too uptight. So I'm going to be utterly, uh, licentious with my own children and just let every, anything go. You know, my parents, 
were too restrictive with what they fed me or they didn't uh, children were supposed to be seen or not heard so every stupid idea out of my kids mouth I'm going to listen to all the kind of nonsense that we're seeing now all that kind of uh crazy is it, you know is it a reaction to what is perceived as uh restrictive and it goes right. back like if you this is there's nothing new under the sun actually you know, when we're talking about the parable of the prodigal son, this was, you know, this was a parable Jesus was talking about 2000 years ago, going out and partying and I can do what I want, dad. You know, this is nothing new. Right. What we're seeing now is nothing new. Um, it's just that traditionally in America, we have been an exception because we've been a Judeo-Christian country, because people value freedom, which requires personal responsibility, we have not had on the White House lawn the open taboos because we've known that ultimately for culture and society, it's not good. We, yeah. We've always had those, um, you know, during prohibition, we had the speakeasies and we, we you know, there's always been the um, little uh, taboos on the side and people's trip taking yeah. a trip to vegas but it right. hasn't well, been the main dominant culture any culture society, can't survive it can't survive yeah. any society is going to have a seamy underbelly right. what you don't want is the seamy underbelly to be front and center right um and bumping up against everything that the society touches like yeah. that's that's what you don't want right like and and that's what we have right and the, you know the 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 amazing, stupid part of all of this is that Joe Biden getting elected president was supposed to return normalcy and decency to American society. It's like, right. Right. Tranny's half naked on the White House lawn. There's your normalcy and decency. Went with a president who takes bribes from Russia or from Ukraine and China, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and, you know, the political prosecution and persecution of people who disagree with his, his politics, like that's normalcy and decency, uh, you know, for Joe Biden and the people that handle him and for the entire political apparatus that foisted him on the American public. Um, and I, I saw this, I can't remember, uh, where I saw it, saw it. I guess it must have. I was like looking at Ace of Spades, and some one of the commenters on there, uh, contributors over there, uh, noted this that there's this entire raft of articles at places like the Atlantic, um, like scratching their heads. Why is Joe Biden's approval rating so low? He has had all these policy wins, and he's amazing uh, stories of accomplishment that the Biden administration has mm -hmm. put together and he's just not getting any credit for it and we don't understand it. Forget about the fact that those achievements are just things that he's done, almost all of which have reaped really, really bad results for the American people. They don't even care about any of that, right? I mean, like, oh, well, look at all the jobs they've created. Like, yeah, people are working two jobs. Well, no, like, you've you destroyed a hundred million jobs, and we've given we've created fifty million. Aren't we right. great for creating right. fifty exactly. million jobs? Yeah. I mean, you it's trash just, the economy with with your right. stupid COVID lockdowns, and as it finally claws its way back, not to where it was before COVID, no. but somewhere kind of close to that, you're going to take credit for all of the jobs that came out of it. You know, when 
you shrunk the labor force participation rate mm -hmm. um, to the lowest point that it had ever been. Right. And then you blew up inflation so that the government swag that you had all these people getting is not enough to pay the bills. And when they finally go out and take jobs, um, you know, that aren't just in the cash economy, like you're taking credit for economic growth and there is none. Right. Right. Well, and it's, oh, also, but look at GDP. And it's like, no, the entire sum of GDP growth while Joe Biden has been in office has been government spending increases. Right. The private sector economy is dead as a doornail, flatline. No, 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 we're doing great. And it's like, oh, okay. No one believes you. That's why your approval ratings suck. Right. You can continue to, you know, fantasize out loud about how wonderful you're doing, but no one believes it. And what they see, what they see is wackos at the freaking school board put, putting crap on their kids. And when they protest, the FBI comes in and calls them terrorists. They right. see political prisoners. They see um, critical yeah, race. I, I was, Scott, just to that point, I was shocked when I read in your article that there are over a thousand J six people in prison. Yeah, a, a, a thousand. It's a thousand. I had, had no like, idea. How many of these thousand do you think actually did anything that somebody would look at and say, "Yeah, that's a crime"? Right. Probably ten percent, maybe. Maybe. Everybody else is trespassing. You get a ticket for that. Right. And I know this because the left sends protesters to Capitol Hill once a week. Right. Okay. And they, they sit in the hallways and they chant loud, freaking nasty right. slogans. And they do all these different things. And they bum rush somebody's congressional office. They do this stuff all the time. They've right. done this stuff all the time for 25 years. Right. And they get a ticket. It's the same people that come back every week, by the way. They get paid to do it. Right. Ask anybody who's a staffer on Capitol Hill and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, they're here all the time. Right. And I mean, you know, like they know these people by name. Oh, it's Fred. Look, he's back. Okay. Right. And Fred gets a ticket once a week, but Fred never goes to jail other than, you know, he's had, he's had his fingerprints taken, but he's back all the time. And the Capitol Hill is like, okay, Fred, you know, the drill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm leaving. And he collects his hundred dollars on the way out. All right? right. And none of the January 6th people, well, I'm going to say none, 90% of the January 6th people. Okay. Did nothing more than that, right. but they're terrorists. Right. Um, I was dumb enough to get in, to get into a, little comment snit under my article at the American Spectator with this guy was, those are terrorists. I'm like, well, what weapons did these terrorists bring? Right. Like what, what, what weapons did they? Oh, they had barriers that they brought in. It was like, um, okay. That's a terror. A terrorist has a bomb. Right. A terrorist has a gun. Okay. Pepper spray is not a weapon of terror. Right. Um, and yet, these people on the left have convinced themselves of this. And it's not even a political thing anymore. It's a cultural thing. The idea of middle-class Americans going to the Capitol and petitioning their government for redress of grievances, as written in the First Amendment, is Pearl Harbor to them. It's 9-11. Right. And yet, they protest everything. Yeah, but the they thing is- They literally protest like everything. Have you seen the research on the dark triad um, associated with leftist authoritarianism? And that basically this is has nothing at all to do with the issues and everything is an excuse for them 
to justify violence against their enemies and use the force and and feel more morally superior to do it so that it's a combination of narcissism psychopathy and uh i forget the other thing um but to justify their violence against people they disagree with and the violence doesn't even have to come into uh physical violence they them using um the example that I read in the research was fascinating, which was this young male baboon watched a, a female um, uh, baboon uh, get dig up this particularly difficult kind of root, do a lot, a lot of work to get this root up that they like to eat. Mm-hmm. What he did is he basically wanted that the work that he um that she had done for himself. He was like a teenager. He ran to get his mom because he, and basically uh, um, and somehow communicated that this, this other baboon was bothering him since the, his mom had higher rank than, than this woman or this, this female baboon who'd done all this work. She chased that baboon off. And then the, and then the teenage, Baboon went and got the the root right. and ate it. Right. Well, we're seeing the same kind of behavior. I thought it was just fascinating that in the animal yeah. kingdom they'd seen that kind of manipulation, and we're seeing this constantly. Where on the left they're using the force of the government, they're running to mom to mm-hmm. destroy their enemy to get the resource that they want. Yeah, and well, that's it's, all you know, it's, it is. It's the it's the the old kind of pillagers versus villagers you know deal is it better to work and create wealth or is it better to just run over and take the stuff somebody else has got right Right. and i mean this is as old as time right there's the the little village and you know the everybody's farming the land and they bring the vegetables in and you know uh so there's a guy who does a blacksmith shop and there's another guy who makes shoes and there's a and so they they build a little economy and everybody's putting something in, they're working and they, you know, they mm-hmm. gradually uh, increase the wealth of the village. And then along come the guys on horseback, right? right? And they burn down the village. They take the women and children as slaves. They steal all the stuff and they go away. Right. And I mean, like the vast majority of human history has been built on that. Mm-hmm. Civilization was formed to make it easier to be a villager than a pillager. Right. Um, And what we're seeing is you've got an entire class of people that think being a villager is too much work and not enough reward. And so they're not wrong. If you can go into if you live in San Francisco, you can go into whatever, you know, the um, brand name purse places and steal them all and sell them off the back of the truck or whatever you're doing. Right. You know, that's a whole heck of a lot easier than getting a job. If you can walk into the CVS pharmacy and just steal everything on the shelf and then, right. you know, sell it all for a dollar, you're not having to work very hard to make a, a passable living. And in so, this ca- kind of uh, systemic thievery, pillaging is sanctioned. Um, yeah. by the elites in our country they like the chaos who are pillagers themselves i mean right? the first I mean, thing they... saddam hussein did the first thing any terrible commie does when they uh 
fear, loss of power is to open the prisons and let the, the baddies run amok to terrorize the normies and then introduce super strict laws so that uh, to control the normies. And then they use the, 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 the uh, criminals as the enforcers for the illegitimate regime regime. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's the Chavez Maduro regime in Venezuela to a T. Well, and how, what's happening. So like, you know, I've got, there's a lot of sanctimony coming once again from the never Trump people about uh, Trump's really going to get it this time. And he may really get it this time. I mean, we might have a president who's campaigning from jail or something insane at this point. And, you know, when you, they're like, these charges are solid. And in you viewing them in complete, like, like everybody has to be autistic now, right? We're, we have to pretend there's no context for anything. We've never had a politician before who's president who has declassified uh, documents and taken them somewhere or not. Like Joe Biden took documents from his Senate days that yeah. he had no power right. over to declassify. Wasn't president and had no power to, to declassify right. anything. Right. But we're supposed to pretend that none of that exists. In the narrow little autistic, never Trump world, the only thing that exists right. is uh, the crimes of Donald Trump. And we have to take them very, very seriously. And, you know, the American people are like, this is bull. You know, right. we're not saying that he didn't... Uh, keep classified or unclassified or whatever documents but we're also not blind to the fact that this is something that's done yeah. and so like it, it's just we have to live in this pretend world right. where the pillagers portray themselves as the good guys you know one of the things that i've noticed is like desantis and mccarthy and everything are going right at the journalists and um i can't remember who was on uh i can't remember it was that it was dana bash and dana however you say it and they were you know she was just like well uh, 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 you know you bring up the fact that uh mccabe and struck and uh what's his face from the cia um you know, with Clapper and all these guys are talking Brennan, for CNN Clapper, right. and Brennan. And we're supposed to pretend like these liars are righteous liars and right. that um, right. the other side's liars are absolute, you know, send them, damn them straight to heck. Uh, don't, don't pass go straight to hell. I, you know, and everybody's supposed to pretend they're not seeing this. It's just... Right. Uh, do you feel like that we're living in a little bit of la-la land? It, there's a surreal quality. There was a surreal oh, yeah. quality when Obama was in charge and now that Biden is in charge because you're being told every single day that up is down and black is white. Well, I, that has been the um, the fundamental, overwhelming character of America's national discussion since 2008. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to deny that. Like, Anybody who was around and paying attention in 2007 and then, you know, who saw the, the 15 years after that, everything is, you know, up is down, black is white. Everything, um, you know, starting from, uh, you know, the financial crisis. 
crash in 2008. Yeah. And nobody gets held accountable for that. Right. right. And, and, you know, on the right, you had the tea party as a result on the left, you had occupy and the response mm -hmm. to occupy was not, okay, let's hold anybody accountable. It was everything's about racism now. Right? right. And so corporate America goes woke. And, and, you know, now, now, you know, from 2010 on, we're going to fund Black Lives Matter with billions of dollars. So Patrice Cullors can have a mansion in every city in America. Right. <laughs> right. Because that's like reparations that get paid to Patricia Cullors and not freaking anybody else. I mean, like the whole thing is so bizarre and ludicrous and it's and, and there's a reactive quality in other words right. it's you know it's hard to determine whether there's a strategy underlying all this or if it's just they're jumping from one thing then to the next and and it kind of explains how stupid it is and how like some of this stuff you know becomes what it becomes like for example um you know like the whole kyle rittenhouse narrative Right. which was so patently ridiculous, right? Here's a 17-year-old kid who shoots people who are trying to kill him, one of whom is a pedophile who spent, like, not a short period of time in jail. Yeah, seven years. pedophilia mm -hmm. and molesting kids. This guy was literally a child molester. Right. Five minutes ago, we would celebrate somebody who shot and killed a child molester, not even because he caught him molesting a child. Like if you shoot at somebody, everybody knows is a child molester. It's like, OK, right. Right. This guy was a child molester who was trying to kill Kyle Rittenhouse and Rittenhouse is a bad guy for shooting a child molester. And, you know, and we've gone from America that. that's not plugged in to this sort of media narrative freaking um, matrix looks at that and goes, I like this kid. Like, what's the problem? And, you know, oh, no, you can't because he's a racist. It's like, why is he a racist? Well, because he shot anti-racists. And it's like, yeah, but they were all white. Like, race has nothing to do with right. it. Well, but it was a Black Lives Matter protest. It was a riot and they were burning businesses down, which is why he and his group were there which was, they, they told him, burn the police station down. That's the cops problem. We're here to help like save these businesses from like right. the car lot. They have all the cars burned out of the car. Like, don't do that. Like, you're not gonna have a problem with us if you just, and when they told them that, they tried to kill him. Right. And it's like, so like Kyle Rittenhouse is like a terrible person. It's like everything about what he did was the kind of civic, responsibility i mean he's 17 so he's a little too young and that wasn't great but everything else about it this guy was was doing exactly what you want people to want to do right hey i'm, I'm here to protect this community from folks that would do it harm right and for that he has to go through the 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 ordeal that he's going through and it's donald trump who's the bad guy right not the right. rioters who want to burn businesses down who have child molesters in their midst who try to kill somebody from you know for stopping them from burning down a business and it's like well okay and oh by the way the next thing is we're going to loot all the stores before we burn them so we're going to take all the stuff and we're going to sell it on the internet right and you look at it, it's like nothing has changed from the time when the mongols would show up mm -hmm. to the village 
and steal all their stuff and burn down all the huts. And the only thing that's that's like not the same is carting off the women and children as slaves. Yeah, but that actually they are. Well, turns out we do that with the illegals when they show up at the border. Well, not just that, but like it's metaphorical now where the women and children are wards of the state, where they are, where they okay. are. Yeah, right. It's a more high tech children in the state schools where the moms are in complete thrall of the government ideology of the day. And so, you know, you don't have to rape them and enslave. They are already slaves to the state. They are actually right. helping the state. And then now you have like from Kyle Rittenhouse, you only have to go up a couple of years where you have a transgender girl who goes into a Christian school, shoots six people, kills three children and three adults. And everybody is worried for her and the transgender people and not the Christians who are being killed. Right. And so like we, it's, everything is backwards and, you know, mind you, <clears throat> Biden is supposed to be Catholic. So um, a lot of what he is doing is just obscene. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, it's interesting to me because this is a guy who's flipped and flopped and everything about his ideology. He's the guy who's like, you know, however many years ago, marriage is marriage. Who's he? He's a complete racist. This, but the, again, this is Leninism, changing whatever the way the wind blows to control right. and to dominate. Um, just so you know, the latest Dylan Mulvaney news is that he is repping uh, Kellogg's now. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Saw that. And so, like you know, I, the interesting thing to me is is that. These brands are not learning. They're not, they're, they're, they are, this is like right. a um, cultural game of chicken. Who is going to break right. and who's going to win? And. Um, but it's not the same as a game of chicken because in the game of chicken, everything's okay until the crash. Mm -hmm. Like you can see the crash coming mm -hmm. and that's very yeah. worrying. This is like a game of chicken that's an ongoing crash right. because the market cap that's being destroyed on all these companies mm -hmm. and the public trust in the institutions of whether it's, you know, governance, uh, economics, cultural, political, whatever, like things are falling off the cars as they race toward the crash. Mm -hmm. um, so it's well, like true. it's like a yeah. it's a game of chicken deluxe um and, you know and everybody sees it and it's like well you know like how many of these companies do we have to destroy because before they stop the game of chicken and the answer is maybe all, all of them, them? you know the right? thing like is every publicly traded corporation that wants that institutional capital from the black rocks and the vanguards and the state streets and the rest of these woke you know woke finance um, you know, they're going to keep doing what they do because they, well, they're going to backstop the stock. And if we turn away, then it's going to be. And meanwhile, you have all of these queer groups like the human rights campaign and so forth. And they are in their face. You will continue this. You will not back down. Right. Now they're death threats with some of these, um, right. these, you know, corporations who are like, okay, that's enough. 
right? right? Oh, no, it's not enough. You're going to keep doing this. You are going to put out those rainbow, rainbow flags all month long or else. Right. And they're like, but we're yeah, but the thing is, seeing the, the or else. The Nobody's the coming through the door. You know, well, the corporations are having trouble now because the thing is, it's like uh, I read in the Guardian, I, I think it was the Guardian and I, I retweeted it, but they were saying like uh, the the lefty trans folks were mad because companies are being bullied. I was like, no, you bullied the companies into this right. social ideology and the companies were forced into a position of co completely betraying their consumers or keeping your loudmouth happy. And they kept your loudmouth happy and they're losing their businesses. And now they're having to make a choice. Do we want to stay in business? Do we want to, to serve our actual customers? Or are we going to listen to the bullying big mouths who represent a tiny fraction of the buying public and also are just interested in tearing everything down and not building anything at all. And so like Starbucks, I guess, is cutting back their pride stuff. You know, my yeah, daughter- like They took it all out. They're like, we yeah, did this for then, four or five days, now we're done. Yes, and like my daughter was in Target. We have a super massively busy Target, real, clear, real clear, close to where I live. And it's next to the mall. It is packed constantly. She said there was no one there on a Sunday no one right. it is got to be killing their bottom line because oh, you know it is so like this is but it's time the thing is this has got to yeah. stop yeah. it's a religion it, you know if you if, if you just take away the pride thing and just put in pick your favorite uh religion whether it be like uh say let's do you know jehovah's witness or scientology or you know whatever it is and every single place you go you are forced to celebrate that fill in the blank thing there would be mutiny in america and sure. that's what this is it is just another it's a you know uh pagan it's paganism writ large it's the pagan flag really is what we're looking at i saw one interesting thing is they if you put four pride flags with the uh transgender thing right, on it yeah, together yeah. with the with the little chevrons you get the well, it looks like the nazi flag it's crazy yeah. and so like you know i'm like yeah this is fascist this is fascist this is a a political ideology marrying with the business world and forcing everybody to bend to it and to americans credit they're finally fed up and they're saying no and you right. know um and they're trying, just like with all the other civil rights kind of things, they're trying to generalize, you know, most people uh, have their gay friends and family and don't have a, you know, okay, fine, you know, but this has gone too far. And um, this kind of debauchery is not anything that, you know, the, the argument here was, is we're just like you, you know, this is, yeah. this is we live normal lives just like you we deserve love just like you everybody's the same right well i'm sorry this this is not just like everybody this kind of debauchery and if it is it's the end of american civilization well, the thing I, of it is, might is as that, well be caligula the thing of it is is that that was never true right. statistically oh, right. particularly like right. in the case right. of like gay men it's absolutely 100 completely right. not true you take the worst 
you know, horn dog guy in the hookup culture. Right. Okay. And, and his, you know, sexual habits, you'd get pretty typical gay guy. Right. That's just how it works. Um, which is whatever. Right. And I mean, I'm, you know, like I, I've got gay friends and, and I mean, I guess it's because it's a self-selecting thing. Any, any gay person who would be friends with me is going to agree with me on most of the stuff because otherwise, like, I don't know how we're going to be friends. Um, but like, you know, and I mean, they're pretty convicted. It's like, look, the vast majority of us are not on board with all the freaking rainbow flags and the gay pride and all that. Like it's embarrassing for us because at the end of the day, we're more than just, how we have sex and who with right like that happens a few minutes a day if we're lucky and the rest (laughs) of the day we have lives to live a job to do and all these different other things and you know what kind of person are you if that's all you define yourself by is a sex act so no this is not what we want the problem is within that community the majority is not the active ingredient the active ingredient are the people who do the rainbow flag crap. Um, and they have made the majority of that community believe that they owe the active ingredient something, right? Because there's this mythology about Stonewall and Harvey Milk and like that right, whole right. gay story, which really and truly um, is it's totally overblown. You know, right. they get Sean Penn to play Harvey Milk in the movie. And the whole point of all this is is it's to it's to sell the radical chic so that people so you like so you believe that you're some sort of pioneer because you happen to be gay. When at the end of the day, it wasn't that big a deal, right? Because for all of the talk about, oh, well, gay people were persecuted or whatever, look, they had laws on the books. Nobody enforced any of that stuff because right. at the end of the day, even in the fifties and sixties, nobody wanted to know, right? Well, like nobody. I have a question for you because I grew up in the eighties, right? I grew up in the you know my teenage years, and uh, uh, you were around that time too. Sure. I remember distinctly a couple of guys I went to school with were gay. I don't. They were never bullied. Like no yeah. one ever. No no one was ever mean to them. No one ever said anything. I mean, you'd get teased, but like you get teased about all kinds of stuff. So like, who cares? But there's this kind of notion that, you know, even however many years ago, that was a long time ago, um, that there was, it was some kind of just horrible, you know, (laughs) whatever. And now, I mean, I was bullied. Like I remember a couple of things, but you know, the, the uh, culture back then and definition of things was also different too, you know, like everybody kind of had to get tuned up every once in a while, but I don't recall any specific like ostracization or anyway, enough of that. I just, this is, well, this is and the, point, the, the point is going war for us on the right. It has to be. It well, can't. that's right. And I mean, the, the, you know, the point of all of this, the reason that we're kind of di- diving in through this is that, what's being foisted on all of us we didn't ask for right okay even among the gay community there was not some groundswell of we're going to go claim an entire month of the calendar and force everybody to kiss our ass for 
the entire month of June. Most gay people find this completely gratuitous. The problem is they're not allowed to say it because if you're gay and you come out against Pride Month and you say, hey, this is way over the top and it's actually alienating people, all right, you're an Uncle Tom. Right. And it's like, eh, okay, but like gay people were never persecuted the way black people were. Like never, there just wasn't that many of them. And most people were like, yeah, it's kind of gross. All right. But go look at the economics. It's not like gay people are some kind of oppressed minority. They got more money than anybody else. Well, right? so the, and, so the- and so like, it's it, the whole point of this is, is every plank on which it's built is faulty. And it, it doesn't have any, any legitimacy to it. It doesn't have any popular support to it. And you've got an entire political party that has jumped on this and is holding it as a sacrament in front of the rest of the country. And, you know, they have to pay a political price for it at some point. Um, and what's really frustrating is that that's not completely in evidence at this point. Well, the the American voter is kind of getting what they deserve, in my opinion. They're sure. getting what they're they've been asking for. The question is, do these things move people enough? And you know, the Paul Ryan's of the world. There's a lot. I think he is representative of that mushy middle, who don't want to feel icky about that kind of thing. Don't really want to be shunned in certain circles. You know, that whole bulwark crowd has made their bread and butter on that kind of we're yeah. above that type of thing. Um, we're the good, cons- you know, more conservative. We're, we can, we're concerned about the economics, blah, and don't care much about the culture, even as uh, the culture is degrading into obvious, you know, de- it's just debased everywhere. Well, and we're you, know, you had to... mentioned um, you had mentioned earlier about how um, you know any minority group is going to be defined by the people that push that group forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one exception is conservatives. That's the one exception. Like the conservatives are the one group going all the way back to like William F. Buckley is where they they spent the majority of their efforts playing cops on other conservatives. Right. right? Yep. Like it's the only political group that's ever, you know, had as one of its basic tenets to try to make sure that it didn't push its own agenda too hard. Right. right. Every other political cultural <laughs> group out there, whether it's gays or whether it's, you know, um, blacks, Hispanics, unions. Um, I mean, like any, any. Uh, Climate uh, science interest group that you want to talk yeah, about climate change yeah. people. right they're always defined by their radicals right. and the conservatives are the one group that are defined by their moderates right and you wonder why it's not successful and it's right. like, well because we we actively oppose the idea of pushing our agenda into its fruition the one time where we took the governor off the engine was reagan and look what he did right right Well, but the thing is, is that most of the, so like if you go topic by topic, say illegal immigration, 
the elites in the Republican Party wanted. When you yeah. talk about this ESG stuff, uh, the elites in the Republican Party kind of like being able to force companies what the into what the government wants. Yeah, them they to think, do. well, we'll define ESG when we have the power. That's we'll define right. it the way we want. It's like right. mm -hmm. so we'll tweak a couple things, and you know, we'll basically be running the businesses. Right. And so, like, if you go topic by topic, oh sure, so abortion, for example. Let's just face it. A lot of the elites of both parties are pure eugenicists. It's always been thus. They yeah. don't like the little people. If the little people want to kill themselves, more power to them. I think it's why we're seeing the transgender thing because we we it keeps big businesses, big hospitals, big pharma um, in business and paying taxes. So you know, uh, doesn't matter that we're destroying the future and depriving children of right. their yeah, no, we'll biological choices right it's just so like you go through the topics and the reason why you see this kind of um you know uh confusion on the right is because the leadership is as amoral or immoral and depraved and um money grubbing as any lefty and mm -hmm. so for me first and more than my fair share, as long as I can get away with it. Now, the problem is, is that like um, these guys have thought that they are immune, that they're somehow better, yeah. that they would be whatever. And they forget that in all of this liberal fascism that, you know, they might start eating Donald Trump supporters first and then, you know, a chomp down on Donald Trump. But you're next. Well, you're not you know, it's like Lenin said. Right. The capitalist will sell you the rope you hang him with. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I, I mean, I and, and this is you know, this is nothing new. They've always done it this this way. And, the, you know, the problem is um, or, or for the left, the problem has always been that you had like Gramsci said, it was Christianity, nationalism and charity were standing in the way of the communist revolution. And so for the last hundred years, they've done everything they could to degrade Christianity, nationalism, and charity. Mm -hmm. And they have done a hell of a good job at it. Right. Um, you know, and, and that's why they've advanced as far as they have. You know, but the problem is, is that their stuff sucks. Right? And people see it and they don't want it. I mean, you know, they like the theory of it, maybe, but the minute that they see it, I mean, there's a couple dozen articles out there about, oh, well, we're having the second white flight from the cities. Right. right. All the hipsters that moved into these cities, you know, 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Oh, no, it's going to be really cool. We're going to gentrify these parts of the town or whatever. And they're like, this sucks. They stole my car again. Right. right. And now they went out uh, there is. And, and this is actually from a couple of years ago, but it, it in the last week, it popped um, on Twitter again. There's this video and it's a New Orleans thing. Um, and. So, and this is like a perfect example of this. And I don't know how much more we're going to go with the show after this, but um, I guess we're probably coming close to the end. And this isn't a bad way to finish it. So the video is this, and it's it's this black guy. His name is Byron Cole, I think. And he ran for mayor of New Orleans twice. Hardcore Black Lives Matter, you know, uh, wacko lefty. Um and he's, you know, he's holding his phone and he's recording this um, white woman with the black 
uh, Converse All-Star sneakers on and, you know, the 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 mini skirt, right? And the black t-shirt and she's kind of funky and whatever. And she's like classic, typical hipster transplant in New Orleans. And the video comes from a part of New Orleans called the Seventh Ward, mm -hmm. which like when I grew up in New Orleans, I mean, white people did not drive through the Seventh right. Ward. You do not. Now it's it's not quite 50-50, but it's a it's a third white. And it's basically what it is, is these houses have been totally, you know, undervalued by a house for a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars that, you know, actually was not a half bad place because at one point it was a pretty nice middle class house, but the neighborhood went to hell. And you know, like everybody was black and everybody was on welfare or whatever. Well, now all of a sudden you've got these people coming in from all over the place because they think it's cool to live in New Orleans and they're laptop class people. They can, you know, live anywhere and work remotely and whatever. And so, hey, let's go live in New Orleans. How cool is that, right? So her deal is, is well, we're going to have a block party and we're going to do tacos and margaritas and they have the kids and everybody's going to dress up in a costume and blah, 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 blah. So let me go park my car on the street to block off the street. And this is, you know, the third of the neighborhood or the third of this street that is, you know, like white hipster transplants from mm -hmm. Boston and San Francisco. This girl actually happened to be from Arkansas. But the rest of the neighborhood is like black people who've been there for generations, right? Which is this guy, Byron Cole. And he, so he shows up and he's like pretty incensed about the fact that she blocked off the street, right? Which don't blame him, but he doesn't handle it that well. And he's like dropping every F-bomb on her he can. He's calling her a hoe and all this other kind of stuff. And she's just like, oh, well, I think we ought to be friends. And you're invited to the party. We're like, Bitch, I don't want to go to your damn party. Like the whole right. And it's, you know, the video is like six minutes and you're just like, oh, my God, watch this. But at the end of the day, and like, you know, he's the guy's a jerk. OK, mm -hmm. she ends up getting frustrated. And so she moons him. Right. Oh. So to see her thong underwear. And it's like, eh, it's not that great. But, um, you know, like she doesn't know what else to do but to moon the guy. And I'm like, OK, fine. But, you know, it's it's made mention of that he's carrying a gun. Oh. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's bad. And it's like, well, no, actually, in that neighborhood, you need a gun. Right. Right. Like it's not you know, he's not stupid for carrying one. He probably should because people get shot there all the time. The dumb white hipsters leftists who have moved in New Orleans like never occurred to him. The reason that house is $100,000 when it would be 400000 anywhere else is because the neighborhood is shit, right? Like it didn't right. like, oh, okay. Well, but the point is, is that from this guy's perspective, these are invaders. Right. Right. There's, I mean, like, so for them to come in, block off the street, play uh, white boy music with tacos and margaritas, right? And everybody's wearing freaking costumes and all of these are woke leftists, all right? But, you know, they're dressed up in all of these like culturally appropriative costumes, right? And it's like, okay. You know, this one guy shows a wimpy beta male guy. He shows up, he's dressed up as an Indian. Right. And it's so funny. And it's like, it didn't even occur to this guy. He's dressed up as an Indian chief and he's freaking like, hey, man, what's the problem to this freaking Black Lives Matter activist? And I'm just like, 
the level of cluelessness associated with this entire scenario is off the charts. And I am somebody who's not opposed to the idea of gentrification. But let's not forget what gentrification is. You are essentially burning somebody out of their homes. You're going to buy their house, but they have no choice but to sell to you because you have now turned that neighborhood into something they can't afford anymore, right? And that's not good for the people being gentrified. Now, that neighborhood sucked because it was overrun by bad people, okay? And so most of the folks that uh, needed to get out of there already have. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, you're in that neighborhood basically because you're a loser, right? You can't make enough money to go live in a better neighborhood. And it's all, oh, well, but my grandma, my grandma lived there. No, 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 that's all bullshit. You get out if you can when the place turns into a freaking hell, you know, hellscape. But the point is, like, don't throw the freaking tacos and margarita party and block off the street. If you don't think that the neighbor like and think that the neighborhoods or the neighbors are not going to be furious about this, because if you were in the suburbs, right, and, uh, you know, the black folks moved in and they're going to have a block party and there's rap music playing everywhere. And don't think for one second that they're not going to call cops and make a big stink about it. Go There goes the neighborhood. So why what's can't black people have the fact? same attitude? What's right? the point of this? So what are you saying here ultimately? Well, the point of it is, is we're talking about magical thinking. We're talking about the idea that, you know, well, there's no such thing as objective truth. There's no such thing as um as uh you know physics, right? There's going to be a reaction to things. And you have all these people that just believe. For example, hey, let's have Gay Pride Month, and there's not going to be any reaction to this. Every one of these woke corporations that's doing these things, whether it's the Bud Lights and the Targets and the rest, like they're trashing those corporations, right? Their their businesses will never recover, and it's because of this thinking that has gone completely off the rails, where you don't accept reality. Yeah, but this is but this is why it it very much looks like a religion because they have such great faith in the ideas that they have. They have symbols, they have sacraments and it displaces uh, rational thought. It's, you know, one of the things, uh, it just makes me angry and I shouldn't let it make me angry. But when some leftist talks about sky daddy, you know, as if, you know, who's God, but I'm like, who are you? You're you're putting your faith in right. whoever a rainbow it, flag, right. the rainbow flag and its ideals. And who came up with all of this? You know, this is just right. a man-made. Um, what is what do they call it? A man-made uh, destruction or disaster or something like that. But you know, when when in war, uh, you know, there's like a man-made thing. Well, this is all just a man-made religion. This is just something that is made up to make people feel better. Um, because they think they are uh, better. They, than they the... needed an alternative to Christianity, and this is it. Right. They needed. And it sucks, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And everybody knows it sucks. Right. Well, um, not everybody, but like the the people who are engaging in some cases literal magical thinking, uh, like um, and they believe that they're witches. Like, what's the actress who dresses her three boys like girls? Um, you know, this is 
magical thinking. Oh, Megan you, Fox, yeah. Megan Fox, that you can make something into what you want it to be, or you can identify, or you can right. have your lived reality, no matter what real reality is, no matter what objective truth is. So it's well, like this the thing kind is, of is that, as an existential fight for defining truth. Well, and, and, you know, the machine reinforces this over and over and over again. You know, I mean, how many times do I have to watch this? Uh, what is it? Sleep number bed commercial with Dwayne Wade and uh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union. Union. Mm -hmm. She trans her kid. Yeah. Why would I buy a bed from them? Right. I mean, and they portray these people in this commercial. He is the ultimate beta male. She's bragging on her circadian rhythm being better than him. He's like, oh, it's not a competition. And then at the end, he says, oh, it is a competition. And it's like, why don't you get out of bed? Like, get out of bed, because clearly you laying in that bed next to that harpy is not freaking helping anybody. Um, but I mean, and like everyone knows about their situation, who they are. And the ad agency on Madison Avenue that did this commercial and the, and the executives at the freaking sleep number bed company, I don't even know who makes that, Sealy or somebody. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's let's show the public Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union and their trans kid because that's the American family that we want to reach and sell mm -hmm. them a totally overpriced bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And well, how long is this going to go on before the public is like, nope, we're going to put the sleep number people out of business? Because my guess is, yeah. is that ad campaign is not very successful. Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that it, it ticks the box for the ESG folks. And that's, I guess, yeah. the, the metric that matters. Increasingly, though, the American buying public is just saying no. And... Um, you know, maybe there'll be other companies that come up there. There was a, there was an, uh, a family farm in Louisiana, um, some foie gras, something farms. And it's a traditional Catholic, uh, guy who owns it. And he had put out some statement about, you know, honoring the traditional family during pride month or something. And all of these restaurants in New Orleans dumped him. Did you hear about that? No. No, well, that's in your backyard. So, I mean, um, and people have been coming to the defense of this guy and his company, but I was just, I, I was like thinking, you know, I, I should have uh, Scott, because I think it's not too far from you, uh, go over and pick up some duck because <laughs> he uh, has a duck farm and Okay. So he has, All right. So he's making a like a pate that they sell to the restaurants. Is that it? Yes. Like yeah. he's got like gourmet everything, and okay. uh, it looks actually really great. I wish I lived close. I'm sure to it probably is. Well, and you know, it's probably a few woke restaurants in New Orleans, but my guess is is that plenty of his business is is doing fine. But um, you know, like yeah, you got woke people running restaurants in New Orleans. Yeah, it's called Backwater, just for our listeners, and I'm we're not getting anything out of this. Backwater foie gras. And they have a farm store, but they have classes too about how like how to butcher a pig, how to slaughter a pig, how to harvested chicken how in they have this uh um muscovy uh foie gras oh my goodness like I, but they can't send out a state yet i guess 
but they have all these awesome, you know, really bougie foods that I'm, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's too bad. I don't live near there. I go over and buy some to, from the guy. But anyway, take a ride over there, back up the truck and fill it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are in Louisiana, help that guy out. Um, but so it, it does seem like we're going to have to create a couple, two different economies if this continues. Like well, that's the, already happening. It's already happening, but I think it's going to get worse. You know, um, mm -hmm. where no where you know you're supporting the local gift shop instead of going to Target. You're supporting the local butcher instead of going to the grocery store. Where you're all these things to avoid this nonsense. And yeah, well, I look and I've already started doing it and I can yeah, tell you it's too. pretty painless. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's just you have spend to spend a little, little more money, more but you don't feel bad about that. No, not especially with like a family farm or something like this, you know, mm -hmm. like where I get I don't I don't buy beef in the store anymore. I have I have a conservative supplier here in Texas and, right. uh, you know, and I'm happy, happy, happy about that because you know, why, why not? And it's better quality and it's um, mm -hmm. the same price and whatever. It takes a little bit of effort, but it's definitely doable. So anyway, on that positive note, I think that the solution to all this is, you know, building counter to this culture, building your family, building a business, supporting the same. And defending the village. Defending the that's exactly it defending the village against the pillagers yep and um the, all of this cultural marxism crap they're the pillagers no biden as caligula on the lawn of the white house with his stupid pride flag and his disrespectful um you know transvestite guests who are running around flashing their tatas you know that's we have two Americas and that's not the America that represents any of us. And right. for the 30% of America that um, Biden is representing, even they, I think have to have at least some embarrassment because um, the whole lie about this is, you know, they're just like you and me. And we're all like, no, most of us are not sexual perverts, flashing people in public. Sorry, right. that's just not a normal thing. And um, so you represent kind of weirdo criminals, people who should be in jail. <laughs> and so I don't know um, what, how this is all gonna end, but I do know that the solution is individual. Uh, we, or we're just gonna have to hammer this every single time. The solution to destruction is building. And so building your family, building your business, building your life, and doing it outside of the strictures of this current climate is how we're going to have to do it. So with that, everybody, if you could like and share, because I can guarantee you this is not going to be on YouTube. And we have two strikes. We have been around for, what, like five minutes online. We've already got right. two strikes on YouTube. So this is not going to happen. I don't think there's enough bleeping that Kate could do to make this podcast socially acceptable for YouTube. <laughs> so find us on Twitter, find right. us on Rumble, find right. us on our websites, like and share. And um, 
you know, we'll continue talking about this. And, and, um, you know, I got to say, I'm really proud of the people and the, and the people who are watching our video, Scott, besides media matters for you, but for everybody else watching us, you know, thank you for doing what you're doing for not giving up. This is, this is really making a difference. And you, you might think, oh, it doesn't make a difference if I shop at Target or not, but it does because each absolutely does makes a difference. And so all of these decisions that we're making, and you know, if the crappy restaurants in in New Orleans don't want to use uh, the wonderful foie gras of a guy who has traditional values, well, more for the rest of us. And we have to support each other who are willing to stick to our principles. And, and that's what's going to end up happening. Yep. Um, every totalitarian regime has ended up creating a vast black market <laughs> and you know america might end up being the same who knows um yeah. but i hope you all have a good week what's left of it and um you know keep the faith and keep courage because the tide is turning um even if our media makes it seem like it's not it is and uh, youtube can censor us but it can't stop the truth so all right, we'll have a good week and we'll see you next time. See you guys.